Wait a minute, I hear something. What's going on, everybody? Dr. Movie Time. As you can tell, I'm on the road doing another show. And uh, always a lot of fun to talk about these flicks. And we have got a classic right here for all you gore hounds, all of you horror fans. This one is not unknown, right? This one's pretty popular. Um, not as mainstream as some of the other ones that have a lot of the same content in them. Um Obviously, this was made because of the popularity of Friday the 13th. But we are talking about The Burning from 1981. It's a horror slasher. This has got all the bells and whistles and all the credentials that you would go, all right, we've really got something here. So all of you folks that know this movie already, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But... uh, there's something iconic about this film that we're missing nowadays. So uh, that's one of the reasons I want to talk about it. Plus, it just kind of fits the whole theme of uh, the summer thing that we've been talking about. So let's uh, let's get into this one. 1981, like I said, the synopsis says, At summer camp, some teenagers pull a plank, a prank, a prank on the camp's caretaker, Cropsy. Uh, but the joke goes terribly wrong, and then the teens leave Cropsy for dead after setting him on fire. Right. Um, but no one can keep Cropsy down. A few years later, the burned disfigured caretaker returns to camp equipped with his trusty shears. Um, let's just kind of leave it there. It goes on and on. But yeah, uh, this is obviously a... The storyline that comes pretty much from Friday the 13th, right? Um, A revenge story because some teenagers uh, were doing something wrong, right? So it's payback to the teenagers who caused this catastrophe. Uh, Let's talk about our cast a little bit while I go around this RV. Well, it's actually a truck pulling a mini uh, camper is what it is. Our cast, uh, big one here, Jason Alexander, right, from Seinfeld, but he's got a lot of hair in this movie and uh, makes a lot of masturbation jokes. I don't know how else to put it. That, that's kind of what he does through this entire movie, selling condoms. Uh, they're, they're at a summer camp, right? I guess this is his way to Make a book? I don't know. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, Brian Backer is in this as Alfred. Brian Backer's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, namely, I remember him being in uh, Fast Towns Ridgemont High, Moving Violations, uh, which is another movie I need to cover on here. I, re- I like Moving Violations. It's terrible. It's a terrible movie. But I like it. It's so much fun. Like I said, the uh, Police Academy 4, I remember him being in that. Uh, the Money Pit, I mean, he, he was in quite a bit of stuff. Uh, we got Leah Ayers in this, right? Very familiar face. She's one of the counselor, camp 
counselors here in this story. And you may know her from Bloodsport. That's kind of what I know her from. And there's another movie here called Hot Child in the City from 87 that looks like something I need to check out. It's got her in it. So, sounds interesting. Who else we got? Uh, nobody else to really gawk over, I don't think. Um, obviously, very young in the career. This is 1981. So, a lot of these folks go on and, and end up being a lot of TV shows, things like that. So, um, pretty solid cast. And you got Tom Savini doing the effects, right? Can't go wrong with Tom Savini by any means. And really, at this point, he was on top of his game, man. Between this movie and The Prowler and Maniac, uh, to this day, those effects, Dawn of the Dead. I mean, the, the effects at this point are just mind-boggling good. So fantastic. So, uh, and very gory. That's what he's known for, right? That's what he gets hired for. We got Rick Wakeman doing a bit of the soundtrack here. Now, Rick Wakeman is the keyboard player. Well, it's it's sad to even call him a keyboard player. He is a musical genius <laughs> who was the keyboard slash synthesizer slash piano player in Yes. Um legendary. I mean, the dude's so legendary, he wears a cape on stage. Probably wears it at home, too. I mean, why wouldn't you? I would. If I was Rick Wakeman, I'd be wearing a cape. Yeah. So, um, lots of lots of good stuff here, right? Now, here's the thing about this movie. It, uh, it doesn't move at the pace of what we're used to, even in, even in this point, well, probably, you know, you're, you're right here, you're right here in Friday the 13th, right? So you've got a bunch of people get killed and it's kind of scattered throughout the movie. So one of the weak points of this is, I say weak point, I don't know that it's a weak point, but what sets it apart is there is a lot of time where nothing happens, nobody getting killed or anything. I mean, it starts off with the bang. You got Cropsy asleep in bed. These little kids are outside playing a prank on him. They either dug up a skull, found a skull, or made a fake skull. They sneak into Cropsy's room where it, it, he's, he's the groundskeeper for the camp, right? That's who Cropsy is. The kids hate him. He's mean to the kids. And, you know, just just a public service announcement if you're, you know, a groundskeeper or anything, if, if you're sleeping and your bed is right beside where you keep all the kerosene and the gasoline, it's probably not a good idea. You might want to get those things further away, right? Because these kids sneak in there and they sit this skull on this table while he's asleep. They put candles in its eyes and they start banging on the window to wake him up. And when he goes to look at it or wakes up, he freaks out kicks a bunch of stuff and knocks, you know, the the skull, I think, off on his bed, which catches the, 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 the blanket on fire, which is close to the gasoline, kicks the gas over, sets, I mean, it just, it blows the whole thing up, right? I mean, he comes out, he's screaming, he's burning, which is why this movie is called The Burning. Um, an odd name, I think, 
you know, um, but it works. Uh, the, being that you base the whole movie off of the burning, you know, instead of it being crop scene, right? Which we get kind of get that a little later on in some other flicks, right? We'll start naming it after the people. Uh, so that kind of sets it apart, but you get a, a long lull here where, well, let's talk about, you know, he does get taken to the hospital. They can't believe he's alive. And there's this guy that's working at the hospital and a, and a new guy that's wanting to be a doctor. And it's like, man, you got to come check this out because this is as bad as it gets. This guy is like a overcooked, what does he say? A Big Mac, but overcooked or overburned or, you know. And uh, so he's trying to get this guy to come in there and look at this body, which is, you know, burnt all beyond recognition, right? And uh, we get the scene where the guy's holding back the curtain, you know, the, the security curtain or the, you know, safety curtain for keeping him protected. He pulls the curtain back, and the other guy won't even come in the room. And then you see Cropsey's arm grab the arm of this guy that's working in the hospital. And it just kind of goes from there. So we don't know what really happens. But you know what Cropsey does the first thing he gets out? Because he's been in the hospital a long time. That's right. Picks up a prostitute. You know, I get it. <laughs> you know. Uh, so he picks up this chick, goes back to her place. She's obviously a hooker. And, uh, oh, you like the lights off, huh? Oh, how about you remove your hat? You want to remove your hat? No, I'm not going to remove the hat. So you get this whole conversation, right? And uh, <laughs> uh, lo and behold, he, uh, you know, he ends up killing her because, you know, what's a man that's burnt beyond recognition going to do with a lady, right? So maybe he kind of figured that out after he got there. It's like, yeah, you know, this, this probably isn't going to work like I planned. So let's just kill her. And, uh, then it goes back to camp. This is several years later. Camp Stonewater, right? Could be bong water. I mean, who, who knows here, but we get the introduction of the entire cast. You got Alfred. Who's the little nerdy guy that does a lot of peeping Tom stuff, right? He don't have any friends, you know, you get the breakdown of you got the group of girls, you got the big bully kind of guy that's hitting on all the chicks. Jason Alexander, who's selling condoms. I mean, you know, it's a, it becomes a typical, you know, uh, summer camp setup, right? Like meatballs. And there's a, a group that decides that they're going to go on this big trip, like the seniors every year, the, the seniors of the camp. Are going to get together and take this, this uh, I don't know, a trip, right? They're going to get in canoes, go down the river, and get away from everything for their, I don't know, graduation or whatever of the last year being at the camp. And uh, so they, you know, they get this group of, I don't know, I would say 13, right? Because that's the magic number of these movies at this point, right? You got to have enough people. And uh, they go on this trip, and that's where all the things happen. Now, I got up to where I kind of wanted to talk about. Like I said, you kind of get the beginning where you get the setup of who Cropsy is and stuff, which is interesting because for them to do that that early on and kind of give you the backstory right up front instead of how we always get it developed towards the end and we get the reveal at the end, right? So it kind of does that different. And again, another thing it does different is here's what I like about Cropsy. Cropsy is not like 
our other serial killers, our homicidal maniacs that we have in these flicks where they wait till you're isolated by yourself and then he comes out and does his thing, right? Cropsy don't give a crap. He is the John Wick of homicidal maniacs. Because there's a scene where he uh, texts these kids. I don't know, eight or nine kids. And his whip choice because he is a garden shears. I don't know if there's a more iconic picture. It's even on the cover of him with his arms raised and those over his head coming down like What an image. I think they even knew early on when making that that was the money shot, right? It, it's a shame we don't see more of this because that's what really sticks with you when you talk about this flick is, I mean, he wipes these kids out and it's, it's brutal. I mean, it's pretty dang awesome. Right. And, uh, so, you know, again, you get these last period where he's not killing anybody. Uh, you get the couple goes out skinny dipping and to leave, and uh, of course he he knocks her off. It, it kind of gives you the individual kill kind of. And I think it starts off kind of leading you down that path that that's kind of what this movie is going to be by it. Like, then he just switches the the script on us because he taken taking all the canoes that they just gets rid of them. And so they have to build a homemade route. They send a group of these kids out to find, I don't know, some help or whatever. And they find one of the canoes, and when they get to the canoe, that's when he jumps in. Have it on these kids. It's it's awesome. It's really awesome. So the thing about it is you get these short of excellence when it comes to slasher stuff going on in this flick. And like I said, they're few and far between. But uh, and it all comes down to getting the majority of the kids back. Well, half the kids. And uh, floats back to where everything started. There, where the other kids are kind of stranded, hoping they find help and come back. They see the raft. The counselor swims out to the raft. There, she touches an arm, and that arm is loose. Right? It's not attached to anything. And then all of a sudden, the body comes out and scares her and stuff. So they're realizing right there that they've all been wiped out. Um, and you even get, before all this, the night before, they're having a, a campfire. And the the camp leader, there's two camp counselors that are there. There's, you know, the, 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 the female lead, which is uh, Michelle. And uh, I forget to mention Woodstock. Uh, Fisher Stevens, right? Yeah, I passed over him when I was looking at the stuff. Uh, y'all know him for short, right? What you mainly think of when I think uh, Fisher Stevens. That's right. Yeah, he's he's Woodstock in the movie. He's he gets his uh, fingers chopped off. It's pretty awesome. Um, but she's he's. Uh, and, and the the other counselor is telling the story of Cropsey, right? And as we find out later on, he was one of the kids 
that pulled the prank. Cropsy's not really wanting to kill all these other kids that are there. He's specifically after him. I don't know if he just remembers him, but you get a flashback towards the end. This guy was one of the kids that did all this stuff. So that ties into it. And you come down to The other cool thing is they get the majority of the kids back to the regular camp and they take a real boat with a motor on it back to the location to where all this is happening. And they call the cops and the cops. So um, that's another cool thing. At the end of Friday the 13th too, right? Even though you don't really see them. Same thing here. You see a helicopter. That's it. You don't see a cop. The the battle comes down between uh, our other counselor, Todd, who was the kid that was there, and uh, Cropsy. And he's captured. Uh, and has him kind of pinned to the wall with the shears. And what is Cropsy? A flamethrower. Right. What else would you want him to break out, right? So he's definitely going for revenge here. But it doesn't so well for Cropsy. If it breaks through or breaks loose and uh, helps Todd uh, take care of Cropsy, which, you know, actually it just happens at first is uh, Alfred Strauss stabs uh, neck, Cropsy in the neck with, with the shears, right? You're thinking, okay, that's it. They walk up. Well, guess what? Cropsy's going to jump up like you're supposed to do. But, you know, I really kill a guy like this head right not a hatchet an axe and then just for good measure just in case you just split his head wide open like a cantaloupe well let's set him on fire and just make sure burned again right and that kind of ends it <laughs> uh this is uh for me when i talk about this flick i mean that I, I think it it needs to be talked about more i think the problem is is we just need more of it. Propsy. So uh, it's a shame that they kind of set it up. You know, you know how these things are successful. They would have found a way to bring Cropsy back. But uh, they just didn't do it in this one. So uh, there you go, folks. Highly recommend. A horror fan, a slasher fan. If you haven't seen The Burning, you're missing a chunk of, of history. Really. So uh, let me know what you think. And if you got recommendations, you know, be glad to do them. Folks, we will check you later.